Hat that a Jew eyes? Hat that a Jew hands? Organs? Dimensions? Senses? Affections? Passions? Fed with the same food? Hurt with the same weapons? Subject to the same diseases? Healed by the same means? Warmed and cooled by the same winter and summer as a Christian is? If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Pacino Pod after an extended hiatus. And look, Oliver's already on his way over. Hey, Ollie. How's it going? The third mic. But first, let's introduce the second mic. It's Callie. Hello. It's actually technically only one mic, but... (laughs) (laughs) Don't... Nobody... No, we have... Even Oliver has his own mic. That's how much um, money and production value we have here at Pacino Pod. Actually, the cat has his own mic. It's very cute and tiny. We're rolling in the dough right now. Um, we have, we're flush with cash, actually, yeah, me and yeah. Jane. That's why we, I mean, we've taken all this time off because we went to Vegas and we <laughs> bet our life savings and we both beat the house, surprisingly, and we went home with half a million dollars each. Bitcoin. And, and Bitcoin, which is even more, yeah, think about how much that would be. And we're back and we are in a fancy studio that's how you know that we love it we came back for the love yeah for the love, love of, the of pacino <laughs> yeah for love of pacino it's not about you know money it's 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 about the passion the pacino passion the pacino passion <laughs> which uh we uh you know like truthfully we took a long break because one uh, angels in america took a long time to do and two Neither one of us wanted to watch uh, the movie that we're talking about today. The, <laughs> it was hard. The Merchant of Venice, William Shakespeare adaptation. Yeah, and Callie, would you like to tell us who directed it? Michael Radford. Directed by Michael Radford. Um, yeah, I don't really know what he's done before. Um, wasn't super familiar with him <laughs> um, coming into this. But it looks like... He won a BAFTA for uh, Best Direction for The Postman, which is an Italian-language comedy drama. Um, And he worked with George Orwell for 1984. But we're here to talk about The Merchant of Venice. The two big actors in this that... um, Well, Jeremy Irons and Joseph Fiennes were also both in this movie. I really liked Jeremy Irons' performance, and Al Pacino was obviously really good. Everybody else. They were the only people that I thought didn't seem like they were trying to do, just they were doing Shakespeare, but were actual, like, real people in a real, like, I felt like Al Pacino would play Shylock, um, and I, I felt like he, him and both him and uh, Jeremy Irons' character, who was the, um, he played the person who Shylock is trying to get the debt back from, they both did a very good job of just seeming like they existed in this world that, um, everyone else kind of was like just overly flowery in their presentation <laughs> yeah very true um but it, i don't know it was better than i like not being like a super shakespeare fan and also this isn't one of his better loved plays 
which we'll get into why that is. <laughs> um, but some people really love it. I know. I mean, it's it's obvious. You know, it has its it has its fans. But yeah, no, it's like it's generally seen as being very anti-Semitic, especially with its with the portrayal of Shylock, basically embodying every um, like bad Jewish stereotype as a character. <laughs> It entirely depends on, like, who's depicting it and stuff. And I do, I will say that I felt like Pacino played it as a very sympathetic character. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I mean, when he was doing, the, like, the famous speech from the f- play about, you know, like, if you if you prick us, do we not bleed? You know, basically, like, vouching for his own humanity. Um, it deb- <laughs> You know, that's commonly, that, that whole speech, which is, um, was, like, written... Um, and sometimes it's portrayed as like a joke, like, like, you know, like very insincere where he's being very insincere about it or whatever. But like, you know, I think, um, the director, I remember reading the director did say that he wanted to portray Shylock more as like this anti-hero type character, this like tragic hero rather than like the common, how he's commonly played as just a straight up antagonist or whatever. Because if you, because, you know, Shakespeare known for writing a lot of tragedies and, this one wouldn't you wouldn't if you view Shylock as the villain you wouldn't technically think of it as a tragedy it's like everything you know it's like oh this shitty guy like he gets you know he doesn't he gets what he did he gets what's coming to him and then everybody has this kind of romantic comedy-esque moment at the end where they're like you lost our ring you gave our rings away and then they get the gig then they get up like we were the men the whole time who took your wings. Ooh, it was just like very, I don't know. Like that's how the play, you would think the, the play would, would end on at the trial, but it ends on this like ridiculous fucking Yeah, ring. and like it ends with him like being like forced to convert to Christianity. Oh yeah, at the very, that's the like, I mean that's, yeah, that's the last scene you see is like him getting kicked out of his own community. But um. So yeah, I guess it does like it does actually end on a sad note. But if you're not paying attention, it seems like it seems like it's just ending on this stupid like ring thing, um, which you know I I don't know I like the whole romance subplot in this was kind of stupid. It was like I'm whoever shows up and picks the right thing in the box is my suitor, and it's yeah, like yeah, that was so weird. It's like a, I didn't get it for like such a long time. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the, yeah, this, we're actually watching Seven. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's, what did you think of there? What it, do you think the way that this movie, um, do you think it transcended the way that they, they framed Shylock, transcended the normal Jewish stereotypes that surround the character, or do you think it was still, it's still kind of suffered from that i really like waxed and waned on that to be honest like i'd be like oh well that was interesting that that they that that was included or that shakespeare like thought to to even consider that you know because like some of it felt very like sympathetic and like well if like if shakespeare like hated jewish people would he even like have the wherewithal to like consider how they would feel about being treated this way or that way you know so like I was like some of this is like interesting and seems to be more of like 
exploring the subject of anti-Semitism and like what Jews went through at the time. But then <laughs> the there's other end, parts of it where the, it's like, what? That doesn't even, it when just you get seems to the, like. get to the trial part, um, and then it becomes just a comic farce. It's like, it's like it, yeah, it's like played as, it's it's totally played as this like, and I, and I, and I assume, like I said, I, this is the only version of Merchant of Venice I've seen. And also I did see that like they did cut out parts of the play. Like this isn't the entire play done as a film. They, they cut right. out parts of the play. Um, so uh, maybe with other contexts, but because I always hear people like people have kind of like referred to, yeah, Merchant of Venice is kind of a comedy in some ways, which I can see the way that the trial is done in this is played very, very, very deadly serious. But with the way that the the women are, they're they're the ones who show up as the like as the judges pretending to be like the judges, like these young judges or whatever. When it's like it's terrible, like even in the film, it's like. Yeah, you know, these fucking beards aren't fooling anyone. You look like yeah. You look like this is terrible drag, um, <laughs> but but um, but like I could see how like they would frame that like oh ho, ho, they're tricking that you know they're tricking Shylock ah oh, he lost everything ooh he got what's coming to him uh, yeah I can I yeah. feel like it's like almost more believable to see how like different depictions of the play would have it be very over the top and comical mm-hmm. most of these scenes versus like the way this yeah. depicts it you know like i was <laughs> i was like trying to read about like the context of the play and like how it's been like taken over the years in regards to the like anti-semitism thing mm-hmm. and uh like the you know me and jane kind of alluded to it earlier we were like well some people really like it and those people are nazis oh my god yeah that's another it yeah. was so popular in nazi germany like they like I, I was reading that there was like over like 30 like major productions of merchant of venice like in in germany like during the 40s because it just is so easily turned into this other context of like Shylock could be played as like this like monster person who yeah. like is money is just yeah, a money wants, grubber who, and, like, or who literally wants your flesh you know like there's that like whole like you know like all the like stupid anti-semitism stuff about like people you know like blood and all that things and it's like it just yeah it's like literally every fucking like stupid stereotype like into one character so yes if you like it's very easy for this play to be done in a horribly <laughs> anti-semitic way <laughs> And yeah. well, just like, and all the good characters are constantly saying like "Jew" in a derogatory term to like refer to him, and only and right. like sometimes they'll refer to him by his name, but oftentimes it's, they're just like straight up just calling him Jew, and that's like, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's very. It, but they... these are supposed to be the heroes of the film or the play. Well, in this case, it's the film, but you know, it's like these are the good guys, aka. Right. Yeah, this, and I feel like we've talked about this maybe on the podcast before, but whenever I was in this like I think it was one of my theory classes in film um we were talking about satire and and like how that's done and like that we were using like Parks and Rec as an example and there was an episode it's called the primary and it's about how like Pawnee has this like tradition that like all of the wives of candidates like have a a pie contest and you vote for the pies and it's like the same weekend as the primary or whatever Mm -hmm. and like 
you know, Leslie and Ben, the main couple of the show, are trying to decide whether or not they're going to participate or if that's some, like, gendered bullshit, you know, because Leslie's also a politician and she's, like, also very busy and, like, does she even have time to do this? And, like, Ben's big idea is that, like he wants to enter himself in the primary mm-hmm. like he's like no i'm a good cook like i'm gonna yeah. enter <laughs> and like it's just like you know they they kind of go back and forth over what they should do but like the women's league in the town tells leslie that if she does participate then like they're not going to support her in the next election and like they're you know they're being pulled in all of these different ways but there's like a scene where like somebody a representative from the women's league comes to talk to leslie and her and ben are about to like bake together and ben doesn't realize that somebody's at the door and he like comes he's just fucking around and he's like uh come on babe daddy want pie and it just like comes across (laughs) terribly you know and like you know there's just all this like interesting like view into like what like female politicians like especially in like small towns would go through like the the journalists are all like asking leslie like where are your kids like who's watching the kids right now and she's like my mom like we have a babysitter like why aren't you asking ben that he's also here not with the kids and like they kind of point out all this stuff anyways the point of this is that we were talking about that in relation to the bechdel test and like people were like, well, this is actually, like, terrible representation because everybody's so mean to Leslie and, like, everything's about her being a woman and, like, everything's about, like, you know, all the questions that they ask are about this. And I was like, right, but, like, I feel like that's why it's satire because they're pointing out that that's fucking ridiculous and, like, the way they play that is, like, very, like, over the top and, like, silly. Like, people are, like shoving microphones in her face and being like where's your baby you know and that's like obviously an exaggeration of like what real people go through but like the the hero of the of the story is leslie and like you're like on her side and being like this is silly and like i should be able to do whatever i want and not feel pulled in all these directions so it's like like i feel like your point and like what are the heroes doing and what are what are their views like that should be kind of like a point in the tone of like what this is and like how you're supposed to feel and like i mean shylock is like such a big character that like i feel like you are also put in his shoes enough that that's why i'm kind of like "Mm, Mm -hmm. maybe but like you're right like all the people that like you're supposed to be happy with at the end it's like they all were shitty the entire fucking time and um are are happy because of somebody's misfortune yeah and because somebody got like pushed out of their community like because yeah, of like and... what they were forced to do because of their situation like like it, i feel yeah, like he I makes mean... that point that like like jewish people were kind of like in like a weird position where they like couldn't have certain jobs so like they were like yeah, kind of hustling or whatever that's why i know? think they included that disclaimer or not it was kind of like that like at the very beginning of the film where it was like you know like in whatever year this takes place like the jewish people in the community had to wear red hats or like they had to be like you know just basically like showing like yeah this is fucked up mm-hmm. but um but and then and i but i they still think like i don't with the fucking plot point of shylock basically being so unreasonable and like not wanting to like back down about 
basically stabbing and ripping this guy's heart out over like this debt um even when he's given like six thousand dollars or whatever you're supposed to think well like well i guess he still did it because he had all of these opportunities that were given to him to like back down from it and he still wanted to fucking kill this guy but it but also but like i think having like having that like you can and it's not something like you can change it, I guess. I mean, you can do anything, because fuck, one, first of all, Merchant of, like, all of Shakespeare's shit is in public domain, so if, like, tomorrow I wanted to go and write a fucking, write and publish, like, you know, Hamlet fucks um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I can put that out. But <laughs> as you should. As I should. Um, <laughs> but, um, and make money off of it, because that's all things that are in public domain. But, you know, if you're going to tell people, yeah, we're doing Merchant of Venice... You already are ch- taking things out, so why would you keep the like whole like last subplot? Like, if you didn't want us to think that these people were like the people we should be rooting for, why did you keep a whole like stupid the whole stupid part about the rings and the end like that's supposed to be funny? That like, and then you you know you should have just unless you're supposed to like I don't know if you come away supposed to be thinking like you know like oh that's kind of weird this is what they're doing with their lives and yet shylock's life is whole you know is destroyed now um or if you just end it with shylock that that lasts i don't know it just seemed like on that like if that's the tone you were going for why i wouldn't include the uh the The entire ending the entire ending (laughs) um i don't know no Uh, i totally agree with you yeah we should it left me feeling we should probably go over what the plot of this actually is just in case people yeah <laughs> are kind of like confused what we're talking about so like yeah antonio like asks like shylock for a loan and i think i guess at some point he had wronged shylock in some way just related to with his daughter or something was is, is that right I, I wasn't entirely clear on that, but I think I think that's what it was. Shylock has a problem with him, with um, Antonio, and he lends Antonio a bunch of money. Um, and instead of like instead of saying that if Antonio like isn't able to like he owes him, you know, like normally you'd be like, oh, you owe like six thousand ducats or whatever. Um, and he says that if you don't, if you can't, you know, return what you borrowed from me, you owe me a pound of your flesh. And Antonio's like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, that sounds great, because, like, he's like, that's fucking stupid, you know, I'm gonna, like, get this back easily, and I'm not gonna have to owe this guy any fucking money, and, but yet again, he, his ship's fucking wreck, and he doesn't have a way of paying back Shylock, so Shylock's like, yeah, hell yeah, I get to fucking rip, rip, rip this guy's flesh off, um, and meanwhile, um, Antonio's friend, Bassino, is with his new wife Portia, and he gets a message from Antonio that's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I might be dead soon because of this whole like fucking stabbing pound of flesh thing. So, um, if you want to help, please, you know, you can. You don't have to, but you know, like, I'm gonna die if you don't come, <laughs> basically. So, um, yeah, he tells he tells his wife Portia that he's like." We gotta go off and give him, and give this fucking money to uh, Shylock so that he doesn't fucking kill Antonio. And Portia's like, "Well, I'll just stay in mourning here with my good pal, and we'll we'll just be thinking about you." But but secretly, they also went off to fucking Venice and dressed up as male judges 
who come in and save the day at the trial with like a shy, you know and basically prevent Shylock from murdering um, his good friend Antonio and also Bacino and Antonio very gay actually had much more sexual chemistry between them than he did with fucking Portia who was supposed, supposed, supposedly his love of his life even though he only met her like once having seen her one time but yeah so Shylock his whole life's destroyed they uh, have some rom-com shit at the end that's that's the, that's the plot of Merchant of Venice. Does that sound correct to you? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it, how funny it would be to have like a drunk history, but it's just you telling me about Pacino movies. <laughs> it's like you get so tired of watching him. You're like, Jane, just fucking like, just I'll get like give this you just like. This turns into us at the bar. And yeah, he's just explaining it's... the movie to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ten, ten minutes, like ten minute app. It's like goes up. It's like <laughs> here's our Irishman <laughs> episode. <laughs> And you can just hear, like, Mustang Sally in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I read a bunch of... I don't know. I thought it was boring. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I, got, I, I, I pretty much <laughs> gathered that you did not like this movie at all. <laughs> it took me so long to watch. But I read this, like, really interesting article from the Smithsonian. And they just basically, like, compiled a bunch of different like scholarly viewpoints on on the play and like what the play is trying to say and stuff and they like a few people were like oh yeah like that was kind of like a interesting take in in part or whatever but like I think most mostly the overall opinion was that like it's just also been really damaging to like Jewish like representation and it's like you know like yes like you can take it a different way but it's like the majority of how people see it is not in like you know you kind of have to think of like well, what's like the worst? And so no, I, I think what, what what you're saying is making making makes sense. You know, it's, it's like, like one of those things like fucking, like I mean, I think that this is not as like tongue in cheek or whatever. Like I, I personally, I think that Shakespeare was a dick and like, oh yeah, no, I think the intention um, of this was to make it like was to feed into like um, anti-Semitism and turn it into humor. Um, for yeah. the time. That's what I, th I, that's why I think the intention of the Well, in the Smithsonian article, they were saying that, like, there's no way Shakespeare would have ever met a Jewish person. Like, they had been, like, driven out of England in 1209 or whatever, and, like, all he would have known of Jewish people would have been, like, some, like, bullshit, like, lore, like, word on the street about Jewish people. And that's obvious in this, that, like, yeah, no, all he, he knows is stereotypes. And so it's, like, whatever bleeds through that seems to be like him trying to like have humanity like i think was probably accidental or we're is like reading it differently because like now like we feel sympathetic to shylock because shylock does get fucked over like yeah and that's like but i think i do think that that's supposed to be the joke and that we're supposed to be like ha 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 he got what he deserved click my heels as yeah, i that, frolic that, away that, like that's what i was like yeah that's what i was thinking because it's like it's clear that from the framing from the lighting 
how I drab everything is shot, like, you know, like, dark and mark. I, you're supposed to, like, the director wants us to view this as a great Shakespearean tragedy, like, you know, like, where, like, Shylock is the tragic hero of the story, where in reality, the framing of it was that this was one of his lighthearted comedies where the, all the good things happen in it, and it's like, no, this fuck fucked up. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like Pacino probably, like, had good, you know, like, I, I, I think yeah. that he's good intentioned, and, like, I don't think that... Like, I, I do think, yeah, I think the intentions behind the film were good. I really do, I, like, do think that, um, they made everybody involved in the movie made it with the intention of like trying to turn like public opinion about Shylock around into like a more positive framing because yeah like I mean even at the time like I think even when they were making it everyone was acknowledged like yeah probably probably was pretty fucking anti-semitic and fucked up of a um, play other titles of this play are just the Jew of Venice I mean, like, that's not, like, inherently, like, bad. Oh, but, like, yeah, I, when you I say feel... it like that, and you put <laughs> yeah. it in context, it's very... Like, when you say it how I said yeah. it, which is how I'm sure people said it. Yeah. I think, like, basically what what nailed it in for me was just that, like, Hitler loved it so much. I was, like, I generally try not to, like, have, like, anything in common. Like, oh, well, like, oh, oh two pieces two peas in a pot I love the same thing as Hitler like I don't yeah. know it's like that's usually a good indicator that it's like fucked up in nature yeah and that it like supported some like weird like subtext of like how to treat people like I feel like everything that like anybody's ever said like oh like Hitler really liked that I'm like well and that's because it it's like horrible it's horrible and like it like enforces like hating people because of something and it's like no matter yeah. what it is it's like based in hatred and I very much feel like that's like the point of this is yeah. to just like hate on Shylock and like whether or not you feel bad for him is like that's the, that's kind of like the audience reading too right and you know I think um, I made a ch I made a joke about this on Twitter like time to cancel William Shakespeare for over <laughs> 400 year old anti-Semitism but you know like I but I do think that like this play would have probably been lost to fucking history if it didn't have the name like William Shakespeare attached to it because yeah. it's like I don't think it's like it's yes it's like there are like good mo like the writing yeah it's got the great use of language like all Shakespeare shit does and there is the the speech the like you know the whole speech that Shylock gives you know about like do you know like if if you like if, if you prick us do we believe you know basically you know like that like that's a really good speech um but I like I said I don't I don't think um, anybody would be talking about this fucking play like I mean maybe maybe like historians and stuff but I don't like they wouldn't be getting movie adaptations in 2003 made out of it trying to like let's find the good it's like like you know like like saying like let's find the good in mind comp or something you know it's like <laughs> yeah I mean like the only reason I was really interested in it was like the context of like how people have felt about it over time so just a, a disclaimer about the noise in the background which we said last summer we're just not gonna like you know we know it makes a noise but we're not gonna sit here and and not enjoy the ac in the only room that has ac in my house which is 130 years old and it's hot as shit in kansas it's 90 degrees 
So that's why there is a noise in the background. And so it shall be. So it shall be. <laughs> like, I'm not going to turn it off. <laughs> I, I mean, no. Like, we're, we're, we're sweating. Melting. We're, like, sweating hardcore right now. And it's, um, it would be so much worse if the AC wasn't on. So, yeah. And just, it's, like, working. Like, it's not, like, coming on and turning off as it, like, yeah. it's, like, trying real hard. So, like, I'm yeah. sorry that it's making a noise. I know. I seemed flippant. I'm sorry. But... Please don't... Please continue listening to yeah, us talk about the merchant of... I thought, like, Pacino did a really good job with that speech. And that speech is really well written. Like, that's something, like, people still say. Like, if you mm-hmm. cut me, I bleed. Yeah, and other other films, you know, have, like... Have taken that speech and reframed it in other movies and other contexts. Like, in that exact, like... See me as a human being sort of way. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know if we could cut you know if we could re-edit <laughs> just watch that scene on youtube the... yeah. <laughs> that's fine but yeah i mean like pacino is the only enjoyable part um i mean yeah like i said like i really liked yeah obviously anytime he was on the screen as in and that's the thing about you could put him in the most boring film and like when he's like when he's when he's doing something like it immediately i just like stop what i'm doing and watch him because <laughs> it's just like he's just got that presence but um i forgot to ask you mm. did you want to fuck pacino in this movie no not at all no he's an old man um <laughs> uh fuck jeremy irons in this movie though he's pretty hot um <laughs> but i yeah i liked i liked his i like jeremy irons as antonio because he just like he just played him as the most depressed man in the universe. <laughs> like, he was just like, oh, just like, please fuck. He, like, he want, like, I could just seem like he really just wanted fucking Pacino to, like, rip his fucking flesh out because he was just done with this whole bullshit. <laughs> Which I appreciate. But everybody else, yeah, everybody else, and I, you know, like, everybody else is very, like, oh, yes, yeah, I am a, I'm a prince. I'm a, oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's just very, you yeah. know. It, it it less like you're watching people and more like you're watching actors do Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, you could tell that they had like that certain actors like had a weird reverence for like what they were yeah. saying and like not actually thinking about what they're trying to impart in the scene. I had to have the captions on while watching because that was like if it would just wash over me if I didn't like read along with what they were saying. But that helped so much. Like, being able to both hear and see, that that's, like, I was able to follow it a lot better than, like... Because I remember, like... And I generally, like, really love, you know, love reading. It just... There was something about, like, trying to read Hamlet in high school that I, like... I just... I never finished the whole thing because it was just, like, a slog to try and parse out what each fucking line was saying. And it's, like... But that's not how you're supposed to, like that's not the way that you're supposed to actually you know like take it in because it's supposed to be a play it's supposed to you're supposed to see and hear and like yeah. this is just it, it's, it's just like the equivalent of just sitting down and like reading the pulp fiction screenplay which yeah it'd be it's like you could probably learn stuff from through that but it's not the way it's meant to be like yeah taken in you know <laughs> even like at a table read like things feel so different than like watching people like move yeah. around in a scene and yeah. like express like have expressions to each other and stuff like that like it's it's kind of interesting like i watched the fucking like friends reunion and they <laughs> really? i did 
liked you Friends. I, I bet you didn't up. think you'd get to hear about the Friends reunion in the Merchant of Venice episode. <laughs> Here it is, babes. I watched the Friends reunion because <laughs> I suck. And um, they like. <laughs> that was not a good sign. <laughs> well, I mean, there was like some parts where I was like, "Oh, this is cool. This is like what I what I came here for," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was like a part where they just did a table read of like an episode that is like people really like, and it's like, why? Why would just watch the fucking episode? <laughs> yeah, watch the episode where they're actually like ready. Like it felt like whoever put this together fucking like james corden or whatever you know like, james was is he involved in this oh yeah he like well that that it. that is um that Enough means I, I absolutely will not ever watch it. i fucking hate james corden with a passion yeah. he's the most obnoxious fucking human i didn't being. know he was gonna be there and then that's, i was like wait why that's i went to go walk went back it just pops up back when i went i um when i had movie pass and i was just seeing whatever was in fucking theaters um, you remember Ocean's 8? Was it Ocean's 8? Was it the female Ocean's film? Maybe, yeah. I think it was Ocean's 8. I went to go see that, and, like, the first half of the movie was like, oh, this is fine, you know, like, oh, I like, I like Brianna, that's cool. All of a sudden, James Corden pops up out of nowhere, no warning, he's fucking there, and I'm like, no, you're ruining this movie! This is a lady heist, get the fuck out of shit. I've never seen him in anything good. He was in fucking Cats, that's enough for me. I don't need James Corden in my life. <laughs> he better not be in any fucking movies with Al Pacino ever. You stay away from Al Pacino, James Corden. Never go near him. He's going to be in House of Gucci, probably. Oh, my I, God. If he's you had a look House in your eyes like you thought I was serious for a second. <laughs> you looked fucking pissed. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, my God. That was funny. I just saw, like, some flash in Jane's eyes where, like, things weren't going to be the same after that, you know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> you were gonna end the podcast at like right before House of Gucci, like yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's gonna be the last Pacino movie that we watch, um, and then we're fucking done with him. Just kidding. I don't think he's gonna work with James Corden. I will say, he was in a, a pretty good episode of Doctor Who, actually. I've never watched a single episode. But it's Who. literally only because he is best. He grew up with the guy who was playing Doctor Who. Oh. Or the Doctor at the time. Yeah. But. I've never, never, never watched Doctor Who. Not my thing. Well, I was a child at one point in the UK. Oh. And so <laughs> well, that makes sense. Doctor Who was a big part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> up until probably too late. Were you one of those Tumblr Doctor Who fans? I don't know. Uh, it's, you know. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Maybe. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with I'm that. I'm waiting for you to call me a tender queer No, or I would never say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Callie. Your fucking favorite movie's Cruising. You're not fucking tender queer. It's because you like Doctor Who. Would they, is... uh, you think tender queers would have a problem with cruising? Yeah, I think they would. Um, <laughs> I do. I really do. Um, it's not the tenderest. No, not really. Out of the three things that like were big on Tumblr, like because everybody would always combine for they're completely three completely different fucking shows. I don't know why they would smash them together, but it was like Doctor Who, Sherlock, and supernatural <laughs> yeah and i only liked one of those yeah like i, mean, I thought I like, out of sherlock all, was so stupid out of those three shows the only one i, I would ever fucking want to watch is doctor who 
you know like it looks at least like some of their you know it sounds interesting i just never got never watched it at all it's just been around for forever it's been it's like over 50 years old yeah but that's also like why it's real hit or miss yeah because it's like (laughs) i mean when you you make that many fucking episodes of that i mean it's it's, it's, i mean although i feel like doctor who is like rejuvenated itself a few times um whereas i don't think the simpsons ever has but it's just like the simpsons has been on tv they had 10 great seasons which is a lot that's a lot of seasons to like just be consistently fucking good but like they've been on for like for for like over almost like 30 years and you know you try making a show for that long and have it be fresh and great and awesome all the time you know and to not like repeat yourself ever right is gonna be very hard to do which i i um i made fun of because they did they've like redone like that's like a running theme is that people get pissed about the simpsons is that they've redone homer and marge meeting each other like so many times on that show and they redid it again to where they meet and i think like I don't know if it was the '90s or 2000s. It was like it was a very recent episode. They did it again, and I think um, it's supposed to be like early '90s. Yeah, something like that. And um, the guy who's the producer now like tweeted about it, and like I quote tweeted like, "Yeah, I don't care if it's not a ori- like it, I don't really you know it, it doesn't matter if it's original or not. It's just probably not going to be very funny." And then he eventually liked it, <laughs> which I felt bad because I was like, "Damn, he probably went through and." liked all of like those because a lot of people were like snarky and i and i was like ah i mean that's probably mean but like also like i any any modern simpsons episode that i've watched it's like recently it's i've never walked away being like oh that was the worst thing ever i was just kind of like that was that was 30 Does minutes that need to be done i was like that was 30 minutes it wasn't bad it wasn't terrible it was just on which is yeah that's kind of how i feel about them they're just on they're not like the worst they're not the best they're just there <laughs> there's some really cool like doctor who like conceptual episodes where it's like you know kind of scary and fun or like really interesting like they'll go to a planet where, like everyone's a cat or whatever and yeah it's like okay sure like i'm on board or there is like you know the like i'm sure you've heard of like the weeping angels thing where it's like there are these like monsters that look like statues and like they move when you're not looking at them like that's the whole concept or whatever and it's like yeah. that is pretty scary like and like but like it was also well done for like a bbc show that has like a low budget right you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so like that was easy for them to do to just like have these like fake statues or whatever that moved um. but uh the last one that i watched and where I was like, well, that's enough for me, actually. When they got a female doctor, you were like, I'm <laughs> out of here. Men's rights, Callie has reared her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's where I drew the line. Um, I just believe that, like, it's, you know, well, first of all, doctors should only be men. Oh, well, obviously. Even uh, doctors obviously. Of, of space. Doctors of space? Whatever yeah. the fuck his title yeah, is. Yeah, I love Doctors of Space. Uh, <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a bad 
Whovian or whatever the fuck. I don't really like. Doctors. I don't care about it that much to like really know the details, you know. Uh, But that's like fine because like, what are the details of Doc of Doctor Who? He fucking like flies his ship by like hitting the like control panel with a hammer. He uses a fucking phone booth as his device and phone booths haven't been a thing for like 20 years now yeah it's a police box it's a phone booth that only calls one number (laughs) um but yeah like uh anyways the last episode i watched it was right when they were introducing peter capaldi and i was like fuck yeah scottish doctor Mm -hmm. hell yeah he's like from glasgow he's in like the the thick of it this like you know show um and uh the the concept was there are dinosaurs in london and I was like, no, <laughs> I can't deal with that. Like, that's so stupid. It's It wasn't like a Jurassic Park sort of thing. <laughs> it was just like they just appeared because something was wrong with time. And it was, I don't know. It was just well, like, yeah. it was just too much. I don't know. Like, I I get th- that. anyways, fuck James Corden was the whole point of this. Yeah, that, but we. See, but obviously is, we didn't want to watch Merchant of Venice and we're just trying to pat it. We're basically, I mean, yeah, that's basically what was happening there um, because I don't think, because I was going to be like, have anything to say about the cinematography because I don't think it was that interesting. No. The set, like, I mean, Ven- set was cool. sets are nice. They were pretty. Music was just your fucking standard Renaissance shit. Um, are they still, like, anti-Semitic in Italy? Like, what's the deal? Can I, I not go there? I think they're kind of anti-Semitic everywhere, Callie. Oh, damn. <laughs> I think that's just how it is in the, across the world, unfortunately. <laughs> like, that'd be like saying, do you think the United States is anti-Semitic? It's like, yeah. Oh, my so. God. Uh, <laughs> last summer when I was, I was driving through West Virginia... I, like, had to, like, kind of drive slow through some mountain town, so I'm going, like, 20 miles an hour, and I drove past these guys that were sitting on their porch, and they all had a different Nazi symbol tattooed on them, and I was oh like, I gotta God. get the fuck out of here. That's terrifying. Holy shit. That, that's, like, yeah, that sounds like fucking deliverance shit. <laughs> Cancel Shakespeare. Cancel fucking Shakespeare. Really. Cancel Shakespeare. That's, right. no, um, don't take that out of context. Don't start a fuck don't try and be like Pachito Pod's too woke now or whatever it's not I feel like I have to give a disclaimer out of that this is like sat this is this is this is what happens to satire when you don't understand what satire uh, is I have to yeah. fuck it, put, a, put a disclaimer after every fucking joke haven't I told you about that like I've always thought that this would be a really funny sketch idea and none of you fucking steal it but like somebody that doesn't get that you shouldn't use sarcasm in a courtroom oh no <laughs> like they're like yeah I killed her yeah I totally I went oh my over God. there and I killed her have you um have you watched much um have you watched much kids in the hall uh, no, I haven't. Okay, there's a... Like, I mean, I've seen a few you, episodes. You, you know, you know, but you know of it and everything. Yeah. There's a sketch that they did, um, which, I, like I said, I haven't watched much of it either, but I've seen this, um, where he, it's this guy who has a, this disease where he can only talk in sarcasm, so people always just think he's a fucking dick, even though he's, like, trying to be nice. And he's, like, they're at, they're at this party, and he, um, the guy, this guy comes up, he's like, oh, I'm new in town, don't really know anybody here. And he's like... Oh, I'm so happy to meet you. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, did I do something wrong? He's like, no, you're perfectly fine. You're yeah. not bothering me at all. <laughs> there are these, uh, 
there's a Scottish sketch show called uh, Burniston, or there was. It has three seasons. But uh, there's, like, an episode called Sarcasmaholics, and it's this guy going into, like, like a, a meeting, basically, to talk about how he has a sarcasm issue. And uh, everyone's like, oh, you've got a sarcasm problem? How surprising. <laughs> or, like, he's like, are you guys all sarcasmaholics and they're like no <laughs> no i just came here for fun and he's like i uh i i can't tell if you're being serious and they're like me not being serious no like the whole thing is so funny where he's just like like losing his goddamn shit because <laughs> no one will be serious and like everybody's being sarcastic it's oh like, it's i very need to well see done. that i need to see that that's something. oh i loved merchant of venice <laughs> it was my favorite movie of all time and that's the truth <laughs> i did give it three and a half stars on letterboxd i'm gonna get jane a poster for her room of I, merchant of venice Jesus Christ. of all oh, of uh, the movie well, posters that you need that's the one that that's, I, that's the, one. the one that i have hanging up in my house no <laughs> nah it'd be funnier to get the new city hall yeah oh well you know now now like if you got me city hall i would just think of it as um in a, in a connection with the on cinema oscar special that's why i think it's so funny <laughs> i'm like i have no idea how they got that somebody worked at a movie theater they probably or they the probably 90s. like just looked up a bunch of like obscure mid-90s film posters on ebay and, and ended up getting City Hall. <laughs> I mean, I, I ordered uh, during quarantine when I had that extra 600 and and things were different, oh, you know? I'm just kidding. That wistful time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, looked away. I was, like, <laughs> like thinking of a thinking of a better time. Um, I ordered some, like, South American release poster of Cruising. That's, like, really cool. I need to put it up. Yeah, you do. I know. It's right go, there go really good in this room that is green and the poster is green it has like green hue green. to it um anyways clearly we don't have very much to say about this movie um yeah i mean if you absolutely need to see al pacino as shylock it's on youtube it's on youtube for free you can rent it on youtube but you can also watch it for free because somebody it's like a not to promote piracy but somebody did upload it um in its entirety and it didn't get copyright striked even though you can rent it on youtube which i thought was so funny <laughs> but, <laughs> but there you go um what the fuck's up now Let, let's uh pull up, pull uh, up yes, the old pacino the, filmography it's been so long since i've looked the, i need to the know. default page on my <laughs> it's your uh, home page it's my home page we got to see what's up next maybe we'll get a movie that we want to talk about it really does come up like first thing <laughs> If I put in an A in my search <laughs> engine, it's like Al Pacino filmography. All right, let's see. So, oh yeah, two for the money. It's a crime film with a sport. No, actually, it's a sports. Wait, what did I say? It's a sports drama film with Al and Matthew McConaughey. So if you liked hearing about uh, any given Sunday, we got some more sports drama for you with two for the money. <laughs> Al Pacino plays Walter Abrams, the slick head of one of the biggest sports consulting operations in the United States. Oh, sounds like a movie that I would never watch if I wasn't doing this podcast. <laughs> okay. God, I know. We're getting into the weeds of, like, 
we're getting the so dark years. This is the dark years, uh, early two thousands. But, but then after that, we have eighty eight minutes, which, which I've is, heard is is, suppo- is bad. It's supposed to be actually his worst movie. I've heard. Maybe I've heard so. it's like bad, but that we'll have fun. That's good. Well, I would I prefer that over like City Hall, which was then, just bad but boring oceans 13 and righteous kill and not to mention we also have the um hbo movies coming up too right um phil specter and um dr kevorkian's film and joe paterno where he plays all these old disgraced old men (laughs) just awful men yeah he loves to play them and possibly we'll have a guest for those let's do some shout outs to our donor of uh matt and alex we have two now or we had two donated and that's fun moving up yeah, there thank you so much we've doubled our patrons since the last time you, you heard us yeah gone up 100 <laughs> percent. so doing well in the world but if you'd like to subscribe to our patreon we got good news for you because we shall be it's a year in the making if you are a fan, if you've been a fan of ours us since the beginning, you remember way back on our very first episode where we talked about back when we were uh, dumb enough to try and do three, three. films in one. Um, and one of those films was The Godfather, which is just ridi- sounds ridiculous that we shoved, we shoved The Godfather into an episode with both me, talks about me, Natalie, and Panic in Needle Park. But uh, on that episode... We mentioned Callie was shocked that I had never seen Train Spotting. My favorite movie. Her favorite movie. And uh, now we're going to be unveiling the first bonus episode exclusive only to the $5 tier uh, Pacino Pal Patreon um, tier. And uh, it'll be on Train Spotting. And there'll be tons of these um, episodes on movies that do not feature Al Pacino that we've wanted to talk about or. I've wanted to show Callie, or she's wanted to show me, and uh, so there'll be a lot of fun, and you should definitely, um, and there probably really wasn't much of an incentive to donate until now. Um, I mean, shout-outs are nice, but I'm sure, like, you want more content, like, exclusive content, so we are we are here to give that to you for $5 a month. Yeah. Just some mere five buckaroos. And if you want, you can also donate a dollar um, if you just let a us to know that you love us um and cherish us um as we dr pepper money as we sit with you in your room every night as you fall asleep listening to our golden tones as i'm sure you all do or you're at the gym and you need a little bit of um a little bit of help getting that extra rep in callie's here to help you with that um we're 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 just we're just there for you and sometimes it's nice when you're there for us back too (laughs) So please donate to the Patreon. And with that, you can also follow us at Pacino underscore pod on Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple. Um, you can follow me personally at Static Blue Bat on Twitter. And you can follow Callie at... At Callie Bud. And we'll see you next week. There hopefully will not be as long of a gap between episodes. We'll be good. We'll, we'll be we'll, we'll we'll be, be good. We won't. We'll. I'm like. We'll be responsible. I'm quitting jobs. You know. See, that's why you need to p- donate to the Patreon so Callie can quit both her oh jobs. My God. <laughs> good night. Good night.